he comes up. I love about Lapine, his heart is just to worship God and he just loves God and he loves hearing from God and I know he also loves not only hearing from God but he loves encouraging others with what he's heard from God and I guess equipping us and building us up and so I know this morning Lapine's got some great encouragement for us and his heart is just so authentic and he's so humble and I think we can really glean from Lapine today. He's a little bit nervous. He's preaching, then he's got a big footy game. So pray for him and give him lots of like cheers. And um, yeah, thanks, Lapani. Give him one more hand. Hey, everyone. Oh, my gosh. It feels like I'm, I'm preparing for a footy game right now. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I'm really nervous this morning because, you know, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Um, I just brought some tissues up in the morning leading us in that. Um, I just want to thank you guys, the worship team, every Sunday, you know. Like, um, just this morning I felt God. Sorry, I'm already started. Far out. <laughs> Get it out of the way. Um, yeah, just thank you, the worship team, for organized practice, organized songs, and all the, you know, fiddly stuff, but it's all worth it when you guys come and lead us in worship in the morning. Thanks, Adam. Um, I don't know, yeah, this week, oh, thanks Ryan too for that awesome message, just sapped a bit of energy into me, to, to sharing this morning, and uh, yeah, thank you Ryan, I think you pretty much, I was preaching this morning, but that was good, all on the same wavelength, eh? I just want to speak on, um, this is not trying to prepare for something, um, I just want to speak on right now, stress and anxiety. I know, um, and again, it pops up. Before, I didn't know what it was. Growing up, I did not know what, I'm not training, I'm not doing any strenuous stuff because my body's so used to training all the time. What's all this extra energy? Um, but yeah, I just want to speak on that right now. Stress and anxiety. I know, um, and then just during that last worship song, I was like, fire out, God. I'll speak this morning when I'm feeling a bit anxious. Um, maybe I need to do a bit of push-ups and stuff just to get me started, but I won't do that, sorry. I won't do that. Um, in Psalm 94, 19, and I take them, I take, and um, it says, when my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your comforts delight me. And that really comforted me this morning. Dress your feeling. God is right there to comfort you. Um, another verse here too is um, Philippians 4, 6. And um, about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make. And I think that's the key. Like when you feel stressed, um, tuck outside the way, like. And I know I were a bit, but no, I mean like, no, she's there, she's there. Makes, makes you want to isolate yourself. And um, I think the key with Sarah, and Sarah's my wife, if you didn't know, Sarah, at the back. Um, talking about that tonight, it's going to, um, tonight, what, what am I talking about? This morning. Uh, yeah, back onto the actual topic I was going to talk about. And... I'll, I'll carry on with the journey, like, um, and I wanted to start with um, who, who's, yeah, um, 
much further away than England. Nowhere really, eh? Oh, so you guys got her hand up because she was born in England. Poland? Holland. Oh. Yeah. Because you, you can sort of imagine what they've been through to get right here, sitting right here right now. I don't know. I love that. That's why I always, like, when I speak, I always say, oh, when I got married and we moved to France, and, like, I love going around sort of... <laughs> they're, they're a bit different. They're really different, yeah. But, um, you know, the Fijians, they're very relaxed, and, you know, you sort of have to kick them up, up the backside to get them doing something, and I'm finding that in myself and work, like, speed is a bit of a problem. <laughs> uh, I always say, oh, no, it's quality, quality, you know. I'm out for quality, not for speed, but... Um, oh, if you guys don't know, I work as a mechanic up in um, Aladola Toyota, and uh, I'm an apprentice mechanic right now, but in August, I'll be fourth year. Whoa. That's when you start getting bonuses on how fast you work. So, I'll... so my three years have been leading up to me working faster. But, um, gosh, yeah, the journey, you know, everybody's on a journey. Um, like, your journey is totally different to somebody else's. And I love that my journey is totally different to my wife, Sarah's. And, yeah, because, you know, it shapes us. Our journey shapes us. Our experiences, you know, our ups and our downs, highs and lows. But, yeah, that's part of life, you know. Whether you're a Christian or you're not, not a Christian, you're not immune to um, the journey, you know, experiences. Um, I think the main... The main thing is whether you're doing this journey with God or without Him. I think that's the main, the main point. Um, oh, gosh. I'm always reverting back to my life, you know, as you do. But first 11 years of my life, because when I was 11, that's when I, I asked Jesus into my heart. First 11 years of my life, it was a bit of a roller coaster, you know. Like, um, I grew up with a Christian, um, in a Christian family, uh, you know, Christian values, um, very cultural in the Fijian ways, you know, like you don't speak back to your parents, that sort of thing. But my kids speak back to me all the time, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm, just, I don't know, just different, you know, just the Aussies, you know, so, <laughs> I'll blame the Aussies, that's so all right, but. Um, I'm just trying to prepare my, you know, I'm trying to prepare my kids for when we go to Fiji in the end of the year. You know, you can't, you can't touch elders in the, like, on their heads and their hair and stuff. It's, it's a no-no. Um, as the, one of the first missionaries found out when he touched the chief's head, he got eaten. So, yeah, just a side story. That's why I'm thankful for the missionaries because, you know, Fijians would have still been, you know, eating people. And that's one of the main things I'm, I'm thankful for when I... <laughs> oh, I don't know why I brought that up. But, but yes, the journey, sorry. Oh my gosh, back on track. Oh, that's why. My wife's not here, that's why. She keeps me on track, so. Um, well, I'll just give you a quick journey of, of my life, you know. I'm just going to um, say a year, an important year in my life, and 
And you, you just think about where you were at that time. If you weren't born, don't worry. It's fine. That's fine. I know there's a lot of young people in here. Um, 1985. Mm. Yeah, the 80s, yeah. 1990. That just gives everybody a reference point. We all get on the same page. What year? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 1990. Oh, well, I can hear all the music in my head, you know, the rap. I think all the rap music started taking off around then. Um, 2006, more recent, is it? Wow, gosh, 2006. Okay, 2011. To be more specific, Boxing Day, if you can remember what, what you were doing 2011, Boxing Day. Not really. <laughs> but it's, that year sticks out to me. 2012, the year after. I feel like I'm just getting a soundtrack in my head for all those years. And then you got 2013, 2014, and just recently, 2017. The reason why, I just wanted to say the years, because it just sort of gives you just a reference point on the significant times of my life. 1985 was when I was born. Yeah. Some of you guys probably think, oh, he looks younger than... Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. 1990, that's when I, I moved to New Zealand and started the journey of going to school. <sighs> oh, and I started to learn to speak English. Yeah, that's right. Took me about two years to get it, but yeah. I'm still trying to get it now because, you know, <laughs> Australians don't really speak English. <laughs> you don't, yeah. Um, <laughs> you guys speak Aussie. I think I said that in American accent, didn't I? I think so. 2006. Now that's, to be specific, January 14th, 2006. That's when I moved to Australia. Yeah, straight out to Albury Wodonga. Who's been to Albury Wodonga? Oh, that was my intro to Australia. <laughs> Flew into Melbourne, long road trip to Albury Wodonga. All I saw was like brown grass. <laughs> brown grass. I've never seen brown grass before. <laughs> it doesn't exist in New Zealand. It's, yeah. I did, oh, don't know. It blew my mind. I was like, wow. And that first week, first week or two, I think it was a record summer. And so every day was like 45 plus degrees. And we didn't have a car. Like there was four of us, Kiwi guys, you know, big Kiwi guys. We all looked like security guards. And we'd walk, how long, 1K to the city in that heat. And we weren't used to it. And we were like, oh my gosh. You could see that, you know, the heat from the, the ground was about eye level. And that was, oh my. I was going, what did I get myself into? I think I should go back to New Zealand. No, but thankfully I stuck with it. And 2011, Boxing Day, was just after me and Sarah got married and we flew to France to start our adventure. And 2012, we had Knox and Chai, our first set of twins. 2013, moved back to Sydney. 2014, we moved to Milton. And we had Max and River, our second set of twins, 
um, near the end of that year. So, and 2017, the last year, was when you had Josepha, our fifth kid. Anyone? <laughs> oh, thankfully. <laughs> no, twins are hard work, you know. Twins are hard work. But I'm thankful that we had twins before we had a singleton, because the other way around is sort of, yeah. It's, I think it can be really, really hard. So, I am just wanted to sort of to get on that journey with me, because... There was a lot of moving in my journey. Um, like, for you guys who were born over in England or in Europe somewhere, you guys have probably done a lot of moving too, because to get here, that's, that's a long way away. But even if you, you've just been local all your life, you're still on a journey. Um... And I just wanted to, like, just get back to basics, you know. Like, when life is going one way and you feel like you want to go another way, I don't know, there's, there's pressure. That's what I'm getting at, I think. There's pressure on this journey to, you know, to conform maybe to what the world wants. You know, for me growing up, I grew up in a, a footy school, so everybody sort of, was expected to play rugby, and I chose rugby league, was, was, which was sort of rebellious in our school because it was an all-rugby school. They didn't want a rugby league team. We won the New Zealand champs, Auckland champs, all the championships in New Zealand, didn't lose a game. So that, that's how strong, you know, um, that's how strong it is to conform in New Zealand for rugby union. So I think that's why I picked rugby league because it was like the underdog. For me, footy, rugby league was, was my life. You know, rugby union was what took me to France to play, which was sort of like, it was a dream come true. But when dreams come true, comes extra, you know, responsibilities and like, that's why um, when Sarah was sharing last week about um, Joseph, Joseph in the Bible, if you don't know, he's always inspired me, that story, because um, he had a dream. God gave him a dream. Um, what he did with that dream was he was boasting about it, you know, to his brothers and that, and they got a bit jealous. You know, they, he was the youngest one talking it up, that sort of thing. So I think that, yeah, they got jealous. They went to go um, put him in a pit and kill him or something, but I think one of the older brothers said, no, 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 just sell him off, because he couldn't bear to, you know, kill his brother. And he got sold off, ended up in Egypt, and then from there he, he, he was just himself, you know? And he, he, um, God gifted him with, like, the ability to, you know, manage the finances, manage, and he ended up being... Um, Potiphar's right-hand man in the, in the household. But then what happened in that story, if you guys don't know, I'm just giving you a quick rundown. Um, Potiphar's wife was trying to sort of, you know, oh, ho, ho. Yeah, that's, yeah. She must have been French. Yes, she must have been French. Um, <laughs> no, she, yeah, she tried to sleep with him, but he ran away, um, that's, that was the key to me growing up. 
whenever a girl, that's, I think I took it the wrong way, but whenever a girl showed interest in me growing up, I was like, okay, I'm fleeing. Which was, it served me well, but I probably needed a bit more wisdom in that, so I don't know, yeah. It probably shied me away from talking to girls in general, so um, that was funny. Oh, where am I going? Um, yeah, so, yeah, Potiphar's wife, like, um, dobbed him in, said that he tried to rape her and stuff like that, but, and he got sent to jail, and there was no complaining from Joseph. Like, when things, um, oh, I always go off on a tangent, sorry. Um, just a side story, uh, Friday, I was changing brake pads, as you do, and on the brake pad, in, on the front wheels, you put the brake caliper, you just put it up so you can replace the pads, but I had the caliper up like that, nothing was holding it, I was changing the pads, and then all of a sudden, whack, right on my temple, I can feel it now, and it's, it's a bit annoying, but, why did I bring that up? Ah, yes. Oh, that's it. I felt like swearing, but you know how, you know how, like, when you feel something so unexpected, it's so painful, you just want to let something out. Thankfully, I didn't, I didn't swear, but I turned around to see if anybody was looking, <laughs> as you do. When nobody's looking, you're like, yes, it doesn't hurt so much. <laughs> um, back to Joseph. Sorry, I'm just trying to keep you guys awake, that's all. Um, yeah, Joseph, like, his story really inspires me. He was in jail for a while. And he, he ended up interpreting dreams for the Pharaoh. And that brought favor to him. And he ended up being second in charge to Pharaoh. And in all that, he ends up seeing his brothers again. How would that have felt? You'd, you'd want to take revenge on them, wouldn't you? But I think Joseph knew, he kept that dream in his heart, and he knew that God was in control. Like, it's not for me to take revenge on my, my brothers, because God's in control of this. And, and I love what he said to his brothers. I think I've got it here. I thought my son was calling me then. Where is it? I'll just get this out. Joseph said, God sent me ahead of you to preserve you for you a remnant on the earth and to keep you alive by a great escape. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. And he has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his household and ruler over all the land of Egypt. So in that, his dream came true. The dream that God instilled in his life. But what, it, what I wanted to get to was on your journey, it's important to know your purpose. And I love this book because I was given this book maybe, I know it came out in 2002. I think it may be 2004, five. I can't remember, some, some time. But 
at an awesome time in my life where I really needed to, to, to be driven by purpose. You know, and um, one of the questions that has at the bottom of the book, if you, have, if you guys haven't read this, please look into it because this will sort of piece together. If you don't believe in God, if you do believe in God, this will piece together things for you if you're willing to read it. So, and the question on the bottom, it says, what on earth am I here for? And I love how he puts it because there's five, five purposes that he's put, it in, put in here that I want to sort of go over. Um, and, and it's important to know your purpose, you know? Like it makes your journey um, a lot more focused, a lot more, like you can serve energy. You know, there's, there's, there's so many things that could take you off track to what you're sort of, you're destined to go. Like your choices is what make your journey um, worth living. Like, um, so what on earth am I here for? And the first purpose um, Rick Warren refers to from the Bible, he says, we will plan for God's pleasure. pleasure. Oh my gosh. That sounds like French words, but we will plan for God's pleasure. So your first purpose is to offer real worship. And I love that. This purpose is what comes naturally to me. I grew up in um, you know, a Fijian church, no instruments, just choir singing. And everybody would harmonize. Doesn't matter what voice they had, everybody harmonized. And, and I hope um, my wife and the kids will enjoy that over in Fiji because they've got a little, just a little chapel and everybody in there singing at the top of their lungs, oh, different voices, like different voices you probably never heard before. Like the women would scream like the really high note. Like, you know, have you heard of some songs from PNG? Like how they, oh my gosh, I've never, it sort of sends, sends shivers down your spine, but. Yeah, that's, that's the sort of um, atmosphere I grew up in, like choir singing. And so that's why, um, like with vocals, when I'm in the worship team, that, it means a lot to me. And, and yeah, but worship is not just about singing, though. And um, I've found that out, like further on in my walk. I thought worship was just, ah, just sing to God. And that's it. But worship, it's, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's what you do in the morning. As soon as you wake up, what do you, what do you think? When I wake up, I'm like, ooh, I'm a bit cranky sometimes. Maybe because the kids, the kids are the, my alarm clock. But I'm, I'm thankful. Like, when I get up, I'm thankful. And that sort of sets the tone for your day. And, um, yeah, another thing with lifestyle, having worship as your lifestyle, you, you ease into it. It's not something you force onto your life. But I, I hope you guys can really sort of get into this book because there's like seven chapters on worship alone, which is, which is awesome. And I, I want to read, this is what hit me when I first read this book. It says in the first chapter, it all starts with God. And in Colossians 1.16 in the message version, it says, for everything, absolutely everything, Above and below, visible and invisible, everything got started in him and find its purpose in him. And the first line of the chapter, 
it says, it's not about you. <laughs> that slapped me in the head when I first read that. I was like, oh, why am I reading this book? <laughs> so it, when you start reading, um, reading into the Bible and everything, like, it's not about us. There's a bigger picture. Like, we're involved in it, but it's not totally about us. We have a part to play, but it's not totally about us. And um, so that's first purpose. I think first purpose is worship, and I think that's probably the main barrier in worship, is to get over yourself and sort of focus on God a bit more. And that's what I felt like this morning when we were singing those two worship songs. I was like anxious. I was going, oh, what am I going to say? There's a lot of stories that I want to say, but it probably won't have as much impact unless God's in it. But just getting over yourself, I think, is the first step to real worship. And the second purpose he has in his book says, we were formed for God's family. So your second purpose is to enjoy real fellowship. And this is such an ongoing thing. Like the first thing is worship, getting over yourself, getting over yourself and getting through the doors of church. And the second is to fellowship, get in together, get around each other. You know, as I was saying this morning about stress and anxiety, like keeping it to yourself is not, that's not going to solve anything. But the first step is actually to get around people, you know, talk about what's going on. Like, because there's, there's a lot of deep-seated stuff that we don't even think about that comes out through stress, you know, anxiety. But, yeah, I, I can't reiterate this enough, like, fellowship. I know if I'm sort of, oh, you know, you can get offended with people you know, in general, but you can avoid them. Like, in general, in life, like, you, you just avoid them. But in church... Oh, you can't avoid them. And I, I was thinking about that because I've, I've sort of, yeah, I've had, um, I've had a couple of things like a month gone by within church and I, it sort of keeps me away from church a little bit. And I'm like, oh, what do I say when I see them? What do I do? I'm like, oh, just, just make sure your heart's right. And, um, yeah, I can't reiterate that enough. Because, you know, within the church, that's where we, um, we learn to deal with issues between each other. And I, I learned I at um, a church that I started going to in New Zealand. Um, oh, gosh, this is another story again. You guys willing to hear it? Yeah? yeah? Oh, okay. Am I right for time? Or, yeah? My game has started already? <laughs> no. Um <laughs> My game's at 2.45 anyway, guys. A bit of time. A <sighs> couple of hours. <laughs> I'll just run out on the field with my mic. and No. Um, yeah, what was the story? Church. Oh, yes. I started going to this church in New Zealand, and it was full of these... Um, I know none of you guys are, like, rugby fans, are you? No? Yeah? Okay. Oh. That's different. That's cool. Sevens? Oh, they dominate the sevens, don't they? Man, 
And I grew up with just rugby in my life, eh? I got sick of it. That's why when I, when I moved to Australia and the rugby wasn't everywhere, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I'm in heaven. <laughs> yeah, too much of something is, yeah, it's no, not good for you. And it, it's sort of like that in New Zealand, it's too much rugby. Um, it can become a real idol. But the church I went to, we had, they had really famous All Black players. And All Blacks, the All Blacks is the New Zealand national rugby team. And they're sort of referred to as the number one sporting team in the world with a, I think, 80, 90% winning record or something like that. It's ridiculous. But it's the culture they've set, you know. But this church had some um, ex-All Blacks, very well-known All Blacks in there. And it was... Um, it was good for me because I had guys I can look up to who've been there and done that. And that's sort of helped me on my journey. But I, I went to this church um, after deciding not to go to my parents' church. And that was a big thing because my parents were the pastors of the church or they were going to be pastors as a church. But I just, God was been hounding me for so long that you need to go to a church that's going to nourish you. And, and grow you, mature you, because you can't keep living on your parents' faith. And that's the main message I got from that. So in going to that church in New Zealand, I learned that not everybody's the same. Like I grew up with everybody knowing how to sing or play the instruments. And then I went to this other church and not everybody could sing. <laughs> Even though I convinced myself, no, everybody can sing. But then my best mate, I think he was tone deaf. Uh, he admitted it himself. But when he sang, like, a whole lot of noises came out. And I don't know what it was. <laughs> Might have been the Holy Spirit. Uh, yeah, probably. But, um, yeah, I learned with this best friend that, gosh, this guy, he's the most like, different person to me in my life. But I wouldn't have met him if I didn't go to this church. And that helped me. If I didn't have my best friend sort of teaching me all these, like, different things, like, he came, he, he didn't grow up in a Christian home, so it was different. He was, like, living on the edge sort of thing. For, for me, he looked like he was living on the edge. But, um, oh, my gosh, I've lost track now. That's the thing about stories, they just overlap. Yeah, fellowship, church, plug in. <laughs> I'll get into the next one before I lose track again. Uh, we were created to become like Christ. So your third purpose is to learn real discipleship. And this is key to maturing. And it, it's funny, discipleship, if, it seems like a big, big word, but it's not really. Because we, we encounter this all the time. Kids, they naturally grow. They naturally learn stuff. And when you become a Christian, you naturally grow. But you need, um, you need mentoring, you know? You need wise advice from people around you. So you, you can't get that not attending church. And sort of the church environment is like family. For your spiritual growth. And the fourth purpose is we were shaped for serving God and your 
fourth purpose is to practice real ministry. And Rick Warren, he, he, he sort of separates ministry from, you know, how you have um, different organizations outside of church. I think Rick, Rick Warren refers to ministry as in within the church, sort of to help build up other Christians. And, yeah, that's, that's part of being in a church too because you learn to, to know what your ministry is. For me, I naturally lean towards worship because that comes so naturally to me. But I'm actually learning how to sort of, you know, speak my heart to you guys right now. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be able to be pushed to do this unless I had Sarah and Josh encouraging me. And, um, yeah, it's good. I feel like I'm, I'm being sharpened. And everybody probably knows that verse, sharpen iron, what? Iron sharpens iron, sharpen iron's iron, sharpen. Oh, yeah. See, I, when, when I buzz out like that, I just um, say that English is my second language, so <laughs> I've got an excuse. <laughs> and when Sarah does it, I'm like, nah, you've got no excuse. <laughs> English is your first language. Um, yeah, ministry, it's very important. Like, there's a verse that um, God kept bringing to me, fan into flames the spiritual giftings that God's given you. And that means God, when God's, um, when you've allowed Jesus in your life, it opens up for the Holy Spirit to be in, be in there. And the Holy Spirit represents fire. And that fire is in you. But you just need to fan the flames in order for it to grow. And the thing about fire, you, you cause other people to catch fire as well. So that leads to my next point, which is we were made for a mission. So fifth purpose is to live out real evangelism. And this is something we all probably need to constantly work on, evangelism. It's sort of just... Um, it's just an outworking of our Christian faith. Like it's something that sh should just come out naturally. Like the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like love, joy, peace. That's, that's a fruit of you um, spending time with God, spending time with other believers, getting wiser, growing, you know, working out as if like you're working out your muscles. Um, which doesn't come natural to me. <laughs> Uh, something you need to work on. But evangelism, it's, it's a real important thing. That's, I think evangelism is the re reason why we're still here on earth. Like you could easily give your life to Jesus, allow him into your heart and you go, can you take me now, Lord? But we're still here. Because God still wants to use us to reach other people. And in saying that, um, that, that should be a really important purpose in our life. You know, it's, it's a product of all the other purposes, like continually working it through um, worship. Oh, I better keep on track. Worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelism is the outworking of all that. And... 
that to me is getting back to basics. That's the basics of a Christian faith. And I love how that um, this book actually sort of brings in stories and just helps you want to read the Bible more. Because for me, um, I've read the Bible through quite a few times, but the more times you read it, the more different things that come up that you've never, ever seen before. And I think that's all to do with where you're at in your life, circumstances. And I love that God's given us the Bible for that reason, you know, to help us through. And just to give you a rundown, the first purpose, we will plan for God's pleasure, for worship. Second, we will form for God's family, so real fellowship. Third, we were created to be unlike Christ, which is discipleship. We were shaped for serving God in ministry within the church. And we were made for a mission, is the fifth purpose, which is evangelism. And um, I hope I haven't bored you guys with my stories, but I just love bringing up stories. I come from a family of storytellers. And um, one massive storyteller is who my son's named after, Josepha. That's my mum's brother. He's passed away now. Um, but he was a massive storyteller. There's, just to finish off, just one more story. This is a story that he always used to bring out whenever we were together. He always used to bring this out. And it's a funny one. Like, every time we wrote it out, I still laugh. Like, it's funny. It's when me and my older brother... I think we would have been like three. I would have been probably three. My brother would have been four, or maybe even younger. But there was one time in our, like in our backyard, um, my uncle was climbing a coconut tree, and we were in charge of collecting the coconuts that he'd hit off the tree. And the coconut trees, I don't know if you've, has anybody ever tried to climb a coconut tree? No? Oh. Yeah, you guys are wise. You're better off not, not trying to climb it. Because I've tried to climb one and like you work out muscles that you didn't know you had. So I'll, I'll leave it to, I'll leave it to my relatives. <laughs> no, um, we were in charge of collecting the coconuts. And my uncle would be like one at a time knocking it. But we, were, we weren't allowed to stand that close. So every time a coconut fell on the ground... Me and my brother would race to it and guess. And we'll say something in Fijian, um, saying, Mengu um, ya, that means like, that's mine. And like being all cute and stuff. Um, but yeah, after the third or fourth coconut, and I think we we're about even, me and my brother. But after the um, third or fourth, we heard a loud boom. And we're like, oh, that's mine. That's the biggest one so far. But when we ran up to it, we looked and that was my uncle. He fell off the coconut tree. <laughs> so, the, so that's the story, I think. He, but he always used to dramatize it, you know. Like after that punchline, you know, oh, that was that was him lying on the. He'd keep on repeating that punchline the whole night. And like, it's one of the stories that I rem remember him because um, I don't know. My my uncle, I thought, was my dad growing up. And he was closer to me than my dad. And, um, yeah, that's why I honoured him 
with naming my son after him because he meant so much to me. And every time I think of that story, I think of him. <laughs> yeah, and I hope you guys think of it. Um, no, he was a tough guy. He was in the army. So, yeah, they breed him tough. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to me this morning. Oh, sorry. Thanks, Piney. That was good. Hey, story time with Piney. Let's stand and I'll get um, the band want to come up. And I'm just going to get the Piney to finish by praying for us. And I love what the Piney was saying that we're all on a journey and we all have different journeys, but those, those five things that we can be growing in and helping us to discover our purpose. So may that be the case. We might even finish with, it sounds like you're playing I'm a Child of God. We might finish with the Nations one, the second praise song, if that's all right. I'll get Pani to pray for us. Thanks, Pani. <clears throat> He's alive, that's Pani. Let's pray. Dear Lord, Lord, I thank you for this morning, Father. Thank you, Lord, for the purposes they have for us. And I thank you, Lord, that there's a reason that we're here this morning, Father, just to hear from you and to be in the environment, to to know your voice, Father. Lord, I just pray over every single person here this morning that whatever was spoken, that it touched something. And I pray, Father, that um, something will come out of your word this morning, that actions would speak louder than words. Lord, I thank you for the purposes once again that every single person in here has everybody's unique and I thank you Lord for it to lead everybody um, from here Father and just help them grow Lord in Jesus name